United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us now is Keith Mines, Director of the Latin America Program for the United States Institute of Peace. Keith, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good, good morning to you. Thanks. Good to be here. I'm glad that you're here. I know that the news is really dominated for interesting reasons, of course, by this indictment of the former president. But there has surprisingly been other news in Washington, D.C. and beyond as well, including what's happened with the vice president, Kamala Harris. She made an historic trip recently to the Bahamas. Tell me a little bit about this and what was her goal? Well, she, she's the uh, the administration's point person for relations with the Caribbean, which is kind of natural. Her father, of course, is Jamaican and she has a, an affinity, I think, for that part of, of the hemisphere. Uh, this is her fourth meeting with leaders of the Caribbean. Uh, the last one was, of course, at the L.A. summit. They talk uh, climate change, security, trade, a whole range of things. Uh, this was no different. They had a, a number of initiatives that they discussed on, on the climate. Uh, Caribbean nations, of course, are the early ones to get hit by climate disasters, and they'll be the first ones to be underwater. So they take it uh, very personally and very seriously. And regional security, there is a, a natural connection between American firearms and a lot of the violence that is happening in the Caribbean, particularly in places like Jamaica. Um, and then the big thing was was Haiti. So um, that's probably the, the most interesting of them. But on climate, they, they had a number of technical initiatives that they launched. Uh, there's a big part of it on preparedness, uh, some development financing, and, and of course, the administration tries hard to bring in the private sector and get the uh, public-private part of it uh, working as well, and announced uh, two new embassies, but without specifying where they're going to be. So the Eastern Caribbean is left uh, hanging about where there's going to be two new U.S. embassies. Interesting. I wonder why they didn't announce that. Remind us the focus of, um, of Haiti, particularly now. Yeah, Haiti is the most interesting, I think, <clears throat> the most urgent, the most pressing. All the other ones are also important, but um, this is the one that I think is, is really where the attention um, is the most interesting. So she, the vice president, came in with kind of the standard American talking points, <clears throat> the support for a multinational force. Uh, there's always a new announcement of humanitarian assistance, $53 million. There were floods and, and a small earthquake um, recently and and just the the general crush of, uh, of the situation in Haiti always requires a a bump in humanitarian assistance and then significantly um it's a little out there uh, time wise but she announced the administration's support for the hope help act which is trade preferences uh in Haiti that would be helpful to in the economy that sounds like something that's in the midst of this crisis of security and politics is is not that important, but it actually is. Uh, Haitian businessmen, there's there's lots of them, business persons that have stayed the course. They're still trying to keep their companies uh, afloat, and employment is going to be a big part of any reset in Haiti. So that was actually a very significant and, and helpful, helpful thing <clears throat> that she brought. So they had a brief discussion about Haiti. Um, not much came out of it. Frankly, the, the follow-on meeting that is now taking place in Kingston, the Kingston Talks, they're calling it, will probably be a little more interesting. Um, she kind of set the stage, I guess, for some of this by offering these uh, these American initiatives. But there's, uh, starting yesterday, the, the nations of CARICOM have gotten together in Kingston uh, to, to discuss a wide range of political and economic uh, issues, but among which the most important is Haiti. 
And um, and there's some things there that are that are sort of uh, promising. I think if we look at the situation and what's required for a political reset in Haiti, this could be uh, something that will that will be helpful. Well, any have any of these? I mean, it's obviously very early to tell, but have any of these talks? Is there a promise that there is going to be something tangible and and measurable that can come out of it? Yeah, that's a good question. The so the there's only it's the first of three days, um, but there's three former Caribbean prime ministers um, from Jamaica, Bahamas, and Saint Lucia that are kind of this eminence group. And I think a lot of us I've written about this, and a lot of the experts, uh, George Farol, Peter Hakim, and others have also endorsed this idea that at this point, in any normal diplomatic. Um, arrangement, there would be an eminence group from outside that could help to mentor and guide a process, not to dominate it, not to to try to to impose outside solutions, but just to provide the the guardrails, if you will, the inducements, and try to help uh, edge the parties together. The parties right now are not even entirely clear, but there is the Montana group, which proposed itself as an interim government. Uh, even before the assassination two years ago of Prime Minister Moise, uh, or President Moise, the, they proposed themselves as a, a transitional government and continued to do that into his the tenure of Prime Minister Henri. Um, and Henri has held out trying to to govern the country, but that that conflict is probably um, both a, at the same time it's a conflict, but it's also an opportunity if those two sides could be brought together. Um, so 30 Haitian politicians traveled to the to Jamaica for this um, for this meeting. Um, and it's really what's needed is to reset the political arrangement. So there is a functional transitional government. The current government is very weak, not popular, not supported by many outside. So a reset to that political arrangement then gives you something that you could hang a new security architecture on. And that's the of course, the key to it. There's always been a chicken and egg question about which comes first, security or politics. Excuse me. But in this case, it's quite clear that uh, <clears throat> at this point in time, right now, we really need the political piece to go first. There needs to be something on which you can <clears throat> build a new security arrangement. When it comes to um, Venezuela, and I know that's been part of it, and also Brazil, I mean, what, what is the latest there? Well, there was also an interesting regional meeting, and these regional meetings are are interesting in the sense that in in several cases, the United States is trying to get someone else to take the lead. So on Haiti, of course, it would love for the Caribbean to take the lead, maybe for Canada or somebody else on the security side. And um, so these these regional meetings are actually can be quite interesting. Um, And then in in Brazil, of course, there was the the UNISUR meeting. It was a Re-establishment of a, a a meeting of South American uh, presidents, uh, leaders. Um, President Lula of Brazil was the one that, that put that together. Was trying, I think, to establish his uh, geopolitical credentials. So on May 30th, they got together for a summit of, of South American leaders. And that again, the most interesting part of that, there was trade things, there was uh, security, environment, all sorts of things that were sort of conventional. But the interesting part. To, to me, there was, was, again, Venezuela. It was this crisis country, one of the two real crises in the hemisphere. And uh, it's a similar thing where there's a need for a, an accompaniment of the, the political process that is un, unfolding in Venezuela. Um, the hope that many of us had was that when you had all these left-leaning leaders that came in, 
the so-called pink wave where the hemisphere has gone from center right to now center left. The hope was that one of those leaders would sort of accompany the the Maduro government, the Chavistas, in a move away from a revolutionary uh, movement into that of a social democratic movement. And that was something that, that one wondered, could that happen from Colombia, from Brazil? Uh, this meeting was actually not encouraging in that sense because it sort of broke down over the different leaders' views of of Venezuela and how to move forward. That's something that's still pending. But Venezuela is another crisis that is going to drag on for a while, and, and I hope people don't lose sight of the fact that there there is still democratic space there and there is still much in play with the upcoming election and with the political process that is uh, that is unfolding. This is really fascinating to think of all that is um, unfolding. I, I do wonder, particularly the repertoire that Vice President Kamala Harris has and what she's working on. Are we seeing some support more broadly in Congress for these initiatives for obviously the administration? It's a priority. But where do you see this all going and, and playing out in terms of when the nuts and bolts have to be dealt with? Will there be support there? Yeah, that's a good question, too. I mean, it, it, I think part of what is happening is it, we have so we, the United States, Americans have so soured on any question of intervention. And we tend to associate that immediately with a big military intervention and all the rest. And I think that second tier of of um, intervention of diplomatic <clears throat> assistance and um, security assistance, but at a distance, not directly involving U.S. forces. There's a lot of that that has potential. Uh, it takes a lot of effort and, and skill and, and talent to play out. So both Venezuela and Haiti, I think, are very interesting cases where, you know, independent of U.S. military intervention, there's still an awful lot to do. Congress, I, I sense in many of these cases, is waiting for something to get behind. And I think there's um, there's a, a, a sense in many cases, Haiti and Venezuela, both for many people, I think they're just not sure what to get behind. And I would suggest that in both cases, there are things in play that are encouraging and that need support and at some point are going to need very, very tangible U.S. support. The U.S. is going to need to get behind something in both places that would <clears throat> allow them to uh, to play out um, uh, uh, more assertively and and uh, take an initiative that is new and fresh and has promise and really to kind of take it on the road and and give it uh, give it some some support that would then allow that to uh, to play out as the as the way forward. So again, not two places to go go wobbly on or to forget about. Keith Mines, everyone, director of the Latin America Program for the United States Institute of Peace. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and week. Thank you, Laura. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.